morning, church. How are we doing this morning? We're good? I was just thinking, I wish I had a bit more room up here. I, uh, I'm feeling a little cramped. No, I'm just kidding. Um, it's good to be here with you this morning. As Pastor Key said, my name is Harley Braithel. And to help you, I often say that when I'm here with an American accent. So Harley Rathel is my name. Uh, we've been joking that it, I kind of have to pretend I'm a pirate or something like that to accentuate my R's. Uh, our family uh, just moved here from Scotland a few weeks ago. We've spent the last two and a half years in Scotland, so we're glad to be here. Um, this is my family here. Uh, I want you to get to know them, so I, I made this slide, and I've got prompts on their names because they're not easy. Uh, well, Liz is easy, my wife. And then we've got my son, who is 10, Trafford. And then we have identical twin girls, Weston and Emberly are their names. And we shorten all of them, so it's Traff, Wes, and Ems uh, is what we call them sometimes. Uh, this is actually our last day in Scotland before we left. We had a beautiful day, and we got out to just see some of the coastline in Aberdeenshire. So that's our family. Uh, one of the things that I wanted to share from all five of us to you is to thank you for the very warm welcome that we've had. Uh, right from the very first moment we came here, we have felt so, so much warmth from you as, as a church family surrounding us and loving us. We got this awesome gift basket from you guys. And just it's not just the gift basket. There's been many ways that we've felt warmth and welcome from you. And we're very thankful for that. Uh, like Pastor Key said, I'm going to share a little bit of my story, kind of integrated with some things that God's just laid on my heart for this morning. And as I get ready to do that, I'd love to just pause and pray one more time, um, praying with the intent of saying, God, use this moment, please. And so let's just, let's just pause. Would you do that with me? We're going to just pause and take a moment to, to seek God and say, God, we're serious about this moment. We don't want to just let it slide by. Let's pray. God, it is true. We are here to hear from you. And so by whatever means you want to speak, God, whether it's through a scripture, through a word that I speak, whether it's through a reflection that your Holy Spirit stirs. Lord, I pray that you would be active and very active in this room. God, please take away the distractions of the day and of the week and allow us to hear from you. Thank you for this moment. Amen. Well, I'm going to start with a very simple three-word statement that I'm interested to know how it makes you feel. The statement is this, God is faithful. Now, I've got to imagine that in a room this size with this many people in it, there are going to be a number of different response groups. And so I'm going to attempt to put you in a group, and please don't be offended by me doing that. Uh, the, the first group I'm going to label as the yes and ameners. That's those, those of you who, when I say God is faithful, you're like, yes. I don't know why I'd have an accent there. Um, but uh, yes, yes, that's true. I believe that's true. The second group is those who I will call the fence sitters. That's those who would say, yeah, 
I, I want to believe that, or I, I think I believe that, but I'm just not sure. And maybe there's things in your life that would cause you to say, I'm not sure. The third group we'll call the too good to be truers, and I, I realize that truers isn't an English word. Uh, the too good be, to be truers would be those who would say, you know what, I just can't buy that, that there is a God or that He is faithful. I'm going to speak about God's faithfulness, and my prayer is that whatever camp that you find yourself in, that God would use these next moments to stir something that would resonate with you. If you already do believe, my hope is that your belief in God's faithfulness would be strengthened and reinforced, and that your surrender to Him would be increased. If you're on the fence, my prayer is that maybe something that would be said today would help you to come off the fence into belief. And if you're convinced that there's not a God or that He is not faithful, what I long for you to have today is a true picture of who God really is. You see, what we think about God is actually really important. In fact, it's so important that one Christian author and church leader from a few decades ago, a guy named A.W. Tozer, what he said when he started one of his books was this, and it's a very potent sentence. He said, what comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. People think all sorts of things are the most important thing about them. Their career, their family, uh, they can think it's about their bank account or, or whatever else, their hobbies. Usually God's not at the top of that list. Why is what we think about God the most important thing about us? Well, it's because the way that we see God actually informs everything else in our lives. It informs and impacts how we use our time, how we use our resources, how we treat other people, everything is impacted by the way that we see God. Now, if I'm to dive into my story, I was encouraged to, to think about and see God as most important from a very young age. I was born and raised in Australia, which you guessed probably by my accent. And my parents had a faith that deeply impacted their lives. They taught me about God, the, the God of the Christian faith from a young age. I was told that I didn't exist by chance, that I wasn't the, the product of randomness and time, but in fact, I was crafted by God with great intent in care, intent and care and purpose. I believed this to be true from a young age. From the age of six or seven, I was like, yes, I believe that that's true. I believe there was a God, that He was good and that He is faithful. And so from that age on, my journey was one of learning that what I was told at that age and what I believed at that age was in fact true, that it wasn't just that God was faithful in theory, but He was actually faithful in practice. I think to try and illustrate that, I would give you the example of if you've ever been to a new city, you'll know that before you go to that new city, you have a picture in your mind of what that city is like. And that's probably because of what somebody's told you or some images that you've seen. 
But it isn't until you actually go to that city and immerse yourself in it that you learn what it is really like. At the young age, I had a concept of God's faithfulness, but it's been in the immersion of life in these ensuing decades that I've come to know and understand in a deeper way God's faithfulness, to truly learn what that is. And so there's been three main streams, as I reflect on it, there's been three main streams that have fed into my belief that God is faithful. And so I want to look at those with you today, believing that it's not just going to be a helpful process for me, but for you as well. And so to assist us with that, I've got a phrase that I'm going to use on, on each of these three things, and that is, we can know that God is faithful because, and I'll fill in after that for each of these. The first is this, we can know that God is faithful because God tells us that He is faithful. Now, it may sound very simplistic or elementary to say that, but it's actually really important and true. God doesn't leave us wondering what He's like. He's gifted us with this incredibly precious resource, a resource that we often take for granted. And this resource is given to us to illuminate truths. In fact, the Bible tells us about itself in Psalm 119, verse 105, which some of you will know this scripture, that God's word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. We all have experienced walking in the dark. We know that what it's like to then turn on a flashlight to be able to see where we're going. You all of a sudden illuminate things in the path in front of you. And one of the things that the scriptures illuminates time and time again is that God is faithful. In fact, if you go early on in the Bible, what you'll find there is the story of a rescuer and leader of God's people named Moses. He was leading the people of Israel. And this guy, Moses, wanted to know more of this God who he was following and leading people to follow. And so in Exodus 33, there's this interesting dialogue where he's like, God, I want to I see you. I want to know you. And God's like, well, I'm very glorious I'll hide you in a cave and pass before you and allow you to see just the back of me because I'm so glorious, you can't handle seeing all of me. And so, sure enough, if you go on to Exodus 34, the next day, Moses is taken up the hill and it tells us there in Exodus 34, verse 6, that the Lord passes before Moses and says these words about himself. The Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love, and what? Faithfulness. This is God describing himself. And how does he describe himself? As faithful, and not just faithful. I don't know if you caught that, but it says abounding in faithfulness. That means having an overflowing amount. Think about a cup that's overly full, or maybe a branch that's overladen with good fruit. God is overly faithful. And this description of God continues on through the, through, the, through the Bible. If you go on into the book of Psalms, what you'll find in the book of Psalms is time after time where it talks about God's faithfulness. If you go to 36 verse 5, this is just one example. It says this, Your steadfast love, O Lord, extends to the heavens, 
your faithfulness to the clouds. Do you hear what that's saying? As, as high as we can see it and imagine it, that's how big God's faithfulness is. Those are just a couple of quick examples of truths and texts that I grew up hearing from a young age in my Christian home. And they're all reinforcing this same truth that God is real and that He isn't just faithful, but He is very faithful. I want to take you now to another text that I remember specifically from a young age. And I think that's because it was in a song that I would hear in our home. And it's found in Proverbs chapter 3. You can turn there if you want with me. I'm going to turn there. Proverbs chapter 3. And you'll find it in verse 5 and 6. And what's interesting about this text is this is a text that I learned and had memorized at a young age. But I actually have come back to in the last three years or so. And our family, this has been one that we've spoken about many times as a family in the last couple of years. It says this, you may be familiar with it. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. What's this text saying to us? It's saying that God is trustworthy. It's saying that we can lean on Him even when life is beyond our understanding. And I've been in some of those moments lately. It's telling us that He will lead us through times of confusion. Why would He do that? Because He is a faithful God. What rich truths to know and believe. What rich truths that I was exposed to as just a young man. And I want to just take a time out here and speak to to parents in the room, myself included, and say, we need to prioritize God's Word in our homes. I'm glad that my parents did that. We need to be feeding our children a consistent diet of God's Word, whether that's at the breakfast table or in the minivan or at the bedside as we're going to bed, or if our kids are older, in a text message. We need to be prioritizing that. I'm so glad that my parents taught me these rich truths about God, including His faithfulness. God's Word tells us He is faithful. We can know that He's faithful because God's Word tells us. But another way that we can know that God is faithful is simply by looking backwards. We can know God is faithful because our life experiences suggest God is faithful. You see, when I do a quick survey of the last 10 years, or not last 10 years, the last 40 years, I'm not 10 years old, the last 40 years of my life, I can see God's faithfulness, the fingerprints of His faithfulness all over those. The experiences that I've had that point to His faithfulness range from very simple experiences like looking up and seeing a sunset and knowing that that sunset is a reminder of God's faithfulness right through to very complex things where once you start to pull on a string and and realize wow God's been at work in and through all of these things I want to share some of those experiences with you when I look back in my life there's several key moments where I see God's divine intervention and faithfulness. One such moment was when I was in my 20s. I had finished college and I was trying to figure out what I was doing with my life. 
And I was in the living room of a friend one day. And it just so happens that in this friend's living room, a friend of a friend who was visiting from America was standing there. And we got into a conversation. And I started to ask them, because I, I had this sense that I wanted to do something for God and for His kingdom, but I didn't know what that meant. And so I asked them, I said, hey, I'm looking at these missions opportunities. Do you know anything about these organizations to this American person that I'd met? And, and they said, no, I don't have much experience with that, but I did this awesome internship with the missions office of this church in Houston. I can put you in contact with them. I didn't know, but that conversation drastically altered my life. I wouldn't be standing here today if that conversation had not happened. God's hand of intervention and faithfulness was at work in that moment. I'll give you another example. If I fast forward to 2017, I'm in my 30s, and I'm in a moment where I'm trying to look at different churches to connect with. Our church was looking for missions partnerships. And in this moment, I'd seen on Facebook a friend that I'd lost contact with over the years was living back in Scotland. And I debated in my mind, I was like, should I reach out to them and see what's going on as they're planting a church? Or should I just kind of, you know, leave the friendship as it is, just Facebook friends? And so I decided, you know, I'm, what I'm going to do, I'm going to have a, a phone chat with this guy. Little did I know that that phone conversation that day was going to lead to a whole series of events that eventually led in 2019 to our family uprooting and moving to Scotland to help with this establishment of this church. And that's where we've been the last two and a half years. I'll give you another example. Just in November, we were sitting in our house in Scotland, Liz and I. We were having a coffee and a conversation. And in that conversation, Liz pulled out her phone and we were talking about the future, we were talking about Austin, we were talking about churches in the Austin areas, we were just thinking and dreaming about the future, not knowing what God had. And she put in a Google search, and up popped Bannockburn Church, campus pastor, Buda Kyle. Now that may sound a little bit strange, but the truth is, I wouldn't be on this stage if Liz hadn't put those words into that Google search. I don't believe I would be. Now, some of you will be saying, okay, Harley, are you talking about coincidence here? No. In God's world, coincidence is a fallacy. We who believe in God worship a mighty God of providence. What's providence? Well, according to dictionary.com, let me read you a definition. Providence is God directing the universe and the affairs of humankind with wise benevolence. That's a secular definition, and actually it's a pretty good one. It's basically saying that God has His hands in all of our lives. Whether we're a teenager or whether we're leading our senior years of our life, God has His hand in our lives. The Bible also defines providence for us. There's many scriptures that talk about it. Proverbs verse 19, chapter 19, verse 9. Let me get this right. Proverbs 16, verse 9. One of my favorites says this. A man's heart plans his way, but the Lord determines his steps. God is constantly doing a providential work 
in his created world and universe. And what happens is when we have the curtain pulled back for us, like some of those moments I shared for you, it'll typically take our breath away. We're like, wow, God was at work in that conversation. God was at work in that phone call. God was at work in that Google search. He was at work in all of these things. I want to give you one more such story. Just three weeks ago, we were having our last Sunday with our church family in Scotland. And I stood there on that Sunday with tears in my eyes as our friend Lisa and her daughter Maria shared their testimony. Because what they shared was the fact that Maria, who was in my eight-year-old girl's class at school, had come home a year or so, a year and a bit earlier, talking about God and about church because she was in class with my girls and asking questions to her mom, Lisa. So one day, Lisa plucked up the courage to come to Liz and I as we were dropping off the kids at school. She walked up to us and said, hey, Maria's asking questions about God and about church. And she's like, I don't know what to do. She said, is there an idiot's guide to the Bible? That was her question. And so we, we talked with her in that moment. We actually guided her to the Jesus Storybook Bible, which is an awesome resource, by the way. And from there, this relationship with Lisa and Maria continued to grow. My wife, Liz, prayed and invited Lisa to a study that talked about the Christian faith and who God is. And that set off a whole series of events where they believed. They were forever changed. Because God had providentially placed our family to be a part of, just a small part, but a part of their story. We see God's goodness. We see God's faithfulness in His providential work. Now I say all of that, and I want to be quick to acknowledge that you may have noticed that I said earlier that our life experiences suggest God is faithful. And I've very intentionally chosen that word suggest because I want to be also quick to acknowledge that some of our life experiences cause us to actually question God's faithfulness. And some of you here today may be in a difficult moment where you are questioning God's faithfulness. If you go to our church website and click on our vision and values, one of the things that you'll find there is that we value as a church, and I love this, authenticity. I think it's a good thing that we value that. And so let's be authentic. Let's be real in this moment. Yes, we can have experiences in our lives that feel like warm hugs of God's faithfulness. And I've shared some of those with you. But I also need to speak to the fact that sometimes our experiences feel more like a full-on attack against the thought that God is faithful. Life will inevitably bring those moments. And so as I thought about that, I was thinking, what, what, what have my, what's my experience with those been? And there were two experiences that came immediately into my mind. One of those was back in my 20s again when I'd spent a very broken night with my sister who was struggling with alcoholism and mental illness and medication abuse. It was a really tough night. And I remember going the next day to church 
and standing there in church and singing without really thinking about the words, the, the, the words of the song, Mighty to Save. Savior, he can move the mountain. My God is mighty to save. It's coming out of my tongue. And in a moment, in an instant, the thought came into my mind, is that true? Is that true for my sister? Do I believe that that's true? Can I believe that that's true? And I remember in that moment, just sitting down and in the middle of worship and just weeping. It was a very broken and difficult moment. I think of another moment. Fast forward to just last year. We're in the middle of lockdown in Scotland and I wake up in the middle of the night and I look out the window into the darkness and in my mind I'm thinking, God, why on earth do you have us here? We moved here to Scotland and months later we go into lockdown and we're in and out of lockdown for several years. What are you doing, God? Why have you got us here? Did we hear you right? Now, my stories are going to sound different to yours. But what are we meant to do when we find ourselves in that place? When the arguments against God's faithfulness seem greater than the arguments for it. Maybe for you, it's when your career is in shambles or when the outgoing expenses are more than the incoming income. When someone you loved has just walked out the door saying that they're never going to return. When you're sitting in the doctor's office hearing the news for the first time that's going to change the rest of your life. Or when you walk back into the house for the first time and it's empty after the funeral. Is God still faithful? Is he always faithful? To answer that, I want to take you to another text. It's found in Romans chapter 8, and I'm going to turn there and invite you to do the same. And as I turn there, I just want to say, Romans, the book of Romans is an incredible book. All the Bible is incredible. The, the book of Romans is an incredible book. And inside the book of Romans, Romans 8 in particular is an incredible chapter. And the scripture that I'm going to take you to, it'd be good if we could read all of it this morning, but the scripture I'm going to take you to in particular, I believe, is the most incredible scripture on God's faithfulness. It doesn't use the word faithful or faithfulness, and yet I think it is the most incredible scripture about God's faithfulness. It's Romans 8, verse 28. And listen to what it says. And we know. By the way, I'm so glad that it says, and we know. It doesn't say, and we guess. It doesn't say, and we hope. It says, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to His purpose. And just pause and reflect about the implications of what this means if it's really true. What it's saying is that God is working all things, not most things, not a lot of things, all things together for good for those who are inside the family of faith. This is not a scripture telling us that Christians will not deal with suffering and hardship. Do you hear that? 
This is an emphatic statement from God that he is at work in our suffering and hardship. It states that God is able to roll all things into his good and perfect plan, including our biggest mistakes, our ugliest messes, our deepest sorrows, our lowest moments. I'm going to say something that is strong, but I believe is true. If our view of God doesn't include his ability to work all things together, our view of him is too small. All things can and will work together if there's one condition, we are in Christ Jesus. That's a really important thing to note. This precious promise is for those who believe. And so this question that's being asked or being begged to be asked here is simply, is that you? Do you know the faithful God who sent his son to die for you? You know, in these moments of of struggle, we can wonder if God is faithful. When we go through moments of anguish and darkness, the truth is that God himself went through anguish and darkness to demonstrate his perfect faithfulness to us. And that is, in fact, the third point that I want you to hear today. We can know that God is faithful because the cross proves that God is faithful. How does the cross prove that God is faithful? Well, if you back up, if you go to the very start of what this book tells us in Genesis, what it describes for us is the fact that mankind sinned and was separated from God. God is holy and perfect, and we as humankind have sinned. We are separated from Him. Sin is anything that we think, say, or do that is not in line with God's perfection and holiness. And by the way, we all do sinful things all the time. We're all in that camp. We are all separated. God being faithful, there it is again, did not abandon us though. At His creation, instead, He instigated a very costly rescue plan. Costly to Him, not to us. And that plan was to send his much-loved son, Jesus, to die the death, death that we deserve. He was perfect. He was innocent. And he died for our imperfection and our lack of innocence. And his death was sufficient. He rose. He conquered death, raised to life again, so that if we believe in him, he can allow us and enable us to be reconciled, made right with God. And what all all of this means is that God the Father turned away from His Son so that He doesn't have to turn away from us. And so if we've got questions about God's faithfulness, we can know by looking at the cross that God is faithful because it is the ultimate act of faithfulness. The other thing that's really good about the cross is that it shows us that we worship, we who believe, we worship a God who understands suffering and pain. Unlike any other religion, unlike any other deity, our God understands our pain because He's walked a path of pain. 
If we ever doubt God's faithfulness, we can and we must lift our gaze to the cross and see there written in blood, I am faithful. So as we reflect on these things, how, how should we respond? If you'll allow me to just speak to a couple of specific groups here in this room, I'd like to answer that question. If you're someone who says, I don't know if I can believe in God or I can believe that God is faithful. If you're not sure about belief, I want to firstly say I'm glad that you're here. It's good that you're here exploring faith. But I want to encourage you in in these moments as we have some time to reflect here to ask yourself what obstacle or obstacles are there to you believing in God, in coming to Him. If you do believe, second group, but you're in a dark moment. When I talked about those moments of suffering and hardship, I want to speak to you for just a moment. And firstly, I want to just say sorry, like sorry that you're in in a difficult moment. I'm sorry that you're experiencing the brokenness of this world in which we live. But I also want to speak to you and say, look to the cross. Please look to the cross and know that God is faithful in this moment. When we go through hard moments, we either have a decision to lean in or to lean out and away from God. Lean in. Press into God, press into His Word, press into this community of faith. We need to do that. And as you do that, may God bring beauty from the ashes. He's able to do that. Maybe you won't see it this side of heaven, but He is able to do it. He is a miracle worker. Thirdly, if you believe and you're convinced that God is faithful... I want to encourage you to pursue in this moment deeper surrender. You see, if God is faithful, which He is, we can trust Him with everything. And when I say everything, I mean everything. Finances, relationships, neighboring, uh, work situations, whatever. We can give it all to Him. Absolutely everything. And so I want to encourage you as much as I encourage myself in this moment to look for areas where I struggle, where you struggle to trust God and to open those up to Him, to release our hands and say, God, it's yours. Help me, God, to trust that you are faithful and give it to Him, whatever it may be. Allow Him to do a work as you think on this thought that God is faithful. The Bible tells us that God is faithful. Our life experiences teach us that God is faithful. And the cross proves that God is faithful. Amen? Let's pray. God, we thank you that you are a faithful God. God, we thank you that We have these different means of knowing that you're faithful. God, we thank you that we have your holy scriptures. Help us to not take those for granted.
We thank you that we have our lives and our experiences where we can look back and see the fingerprints of your faithfulness. And God, we thank you most of all for the cross. We thank you that in that ultimate act of faithfulness, we see love, we see your grace, we see your true character, your true heart. You are a good God. And as a church, we celebrate your goodness today. We are filled with awe and joy as we think about all that you've done. Thank you, Lord.